The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the third chapter. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the very presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, yet you do not understand these things? Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen that you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated, and the children may come forward for a children's sermon. Morning. Good morning. How are you? Very good. Kind of, kind of. All throughout this season that we're in, does anybody know the season that we're in, by the way? The church seat. Excuse me. Yes. Lent. Perfect. Very good. We're in Lent. And Lent is a time of preparation. But it's a special time of preparation. Do you know what people sometimes prepare for during Lent? Yeah. Yes, very good. Easter, anything else? I'll give you a hint. That's on your birthday, yeah. So, I'll give you a hint. It has to do with that right there. Yes. Not when Jesus was baptized, but people prepare for their own baptism during Lent. Now, in order to prepare for your baptism... What we do is we study the very basics, the very basics, the building blocks. See these? Have you ever played with blocks before? What do you like to make out of blocks? Yeah. Um, I usually 
I like tunnels too. Yeah. Ooh, block wars. We used to do those, but we got in trouble for them. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, Legos. Legos are fun. Ava. I like towers too. Phineas, do you have anything you like to do with blocks? What do you like to do? <gasps> Castles are one of my favorite. Do you make the really tall towers? Not really tall. Well, yeah, you have to be careful. But tall towers, right? Those are my favorite. Clayton. Yeah. Man, we have a lot of creative people. Anthony. I have this little, I have these little blocks that, um, that I have, and then I, and then this little box that is long, that's long, and then, and then I spell my name in it. I've got an idea. We should do some spelling with this. I bet out of these blocks we can spell the foundation, the very center, the heart of what our faith is. Alright, now, we have a bunch of options. I want you to see, as I go, if you can guess what the word is. You guys think it's love? It is love. It is love. Love, yes. I'm going to try to hold it without dropping them all. Love. Ooh. Love are the ver is the very building block, the very center of everything that we do. Yeah. Trucks. Trucks, too. Ooh, you got my favorite, Cooper. You got my favorite. The very thing that everything else is built out of, the building blocks, is love. When we talk about everything in church, what it boils down to is God's love. God's love for you, and God's love for me, and God's love for the whole, whole world. Um, yes. Nope, not with the blocks at least. Each week, we're going to study more and more and more about our baptism and about all the things that God would have us do. But I want you to remember, this is the very foundation of it, the very basis of it. Just like you learn your ABCs so that you can spell words and read words and all that kind of good stuff, we learn love so that we can learn about God. Does that make sense? All right. We're, we're going to keep these here, and we'll keep adding to them for the rest of the week. Oh, it's just other letters. They don't spell anything. Nope. It just spells love. That's all you need to know. All right. We're going to put that here behind us. And we should probably pray, right? All right. Let us pray. God, we thank you very much. We thank you for your love. For your love for each one of us individually. 
for your love for our families and for our friends, for your love for people we don't even know, your love for the whole wide world. Thank you so much for loving us so very, very much that you would give yourself for us. Thank you for loving us to the deepest parts of your being and help us, help our hearts, help our hands and our feet to love our neighbors just as you love us. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Excuse me. I'm sorry, Cooper. You okay? In the name of Jesus, amen. We all have family stories, don't we? We have stories that we tell ourselves and stories of knowing ourselves. And we sometimes those stories didn't even happen to us personally. They're just part of the family narrative, part of the family myth. There's a story on the Siebert side that comes up every time we gather together. It's a story of one of my aunts and my dad, my dad had a dirt bike uh, when he was younger. One of my aunts decided to try to ride the dirt bike. Now they taught her how to make it go. They did not teach her how to make it stop. Eventually, that dirt bike wound up in the screen door of the back door. Now, the favorite way to hear this story is to make sure they're both in the room. Because one will start telling it, and the other will interrupt and correct. No, that's not what happened. You never told me where the brake was. You never told me where the clutch was either. Then they go back and forth and back and forth, and by the end of it, we're laughing. Now, the important part of this story is not that the Seabirds do not know how to ride dirt bikes. That's not the important part of the story. The important part of the story is how the story is told. We know that we are a family that loves to laugh. We know that we are a family that loves to pick on one another as a means of doing that. We know that we're a family that has forgiveness, even in the midst of being very riled up. We know who we are because of the stories that we tell. The text that we have today, the text that we had last week about Jesus' temptation in the desert, and the text that we'll have for the rest of Lent, these come out of year A in the lectionary. And year A is a cycle where all of the historically baptismal-centered stories are placed. These five stories were told for ages to those who were preparing for their baptism. These were the central things that the community would hear, along with those who were about to profess their faith and be baptized in the water and the Spirit. These were the stories that told them who they were and who they were about to become. But I fear that sometimes these stories seem foreign. Sometimes these stories don't really connect with us. So I want to try something. I want to ask you and hear your responses about your own baptism. How many of you 
were baptized when you were very, very young and probably don't remember it, but were told about it? Yeah. How many of you were baptized when you were older? Yeah. How many of you don't remember if you were baptized or not? Yeah, some of us. For those of you who were younger, what do you know about your baptisms? Where did they take place? Yes. Yeah. So, and I've seen pictures. Yeah. Yeah, probably over there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah. You remember the details. You kind of remember what it looked like, even though you weren't there because of the pictures. You remember that it was in this building and with these people, even though the people have changed over time, just like you have. Yeah. Yeah. How many of you remember who your sponsors were, who your godparents were? Yeah. How many of them were friends and family? Yeah. That's really kind of the standard way of doing it. My, my grandparents, I believe, were Brad and I's baptismal sponsors, and I can never really keep track of who was Brad's baptismal sponsor and who was my baptismal sponsor since it happened on the same day and we're all in the same picture together. But... We knew that just like our grandparents loved us beforehand, our grandparents promised to make faith a part of what they were teaching us every day. At the center, they said, you know what? This is something that we pass on to. Baptism, especially when it happens early, but even when it happens later on in life, for some reason, is difficult to remember every day. While we have the communion table that comes to us at least twice a month here, if not more often, while the communion table is there for us to remember that Christ gave Christ's own self for us in body and in blood, in bread and in wine, our baptisms, the way that God calls us and claims us, sometimes feels like a far-off memory. Beyond the pictures, whether they're black and white or in a really bad polo shirt, Brad and I were dressed up in, no matter what they were, they're hard to remember. I want us to hear the text a little bit differently today. I don't want us to hear the text as Nicodemus, some guy who lived a really long time ago, had a weird name, and quite frankly only did a couple things with Jesus that we'd only sort of remember. I don't want to remember the story that way. I want to remember the story in the same way that my family tells the dirt bike story. Because these baptismal stories, these Lenten stories, aren't someone else's. They're yours. Nicodemus is your uncle. Jesus is your adopted brother. God is your father. These stories do not belong to anyone else. They belong to you. They belong to everyone else. They belong to you. This is how we know who we are. Your uncle, Nicodemus, knew Jesus personally. 
Your uncle Nicodemus was a very good teacher in Jewish tradition. In fact, he was fantastic. He was one of the leaders. Your uncle Nicodemus, he came to Jesus late at night. He was kind of worried about what the rest of the leaders in the faith would know or think about him. And so he decided to go to Jesus in the night. Your uncle Nicodemus was very aware of what Jesus was doing and the power of God that it showed. But your uncle Nicodemus was troubled by what that could mean. And so, he went late in the night and began talking with Jesus about what all this meant. And so, your adoptive brother, Jesus, he began to teach. He began to teach with great power and ability. Something that was new to Nicodemus. He began to teach about the baptism that it takes to come into the kingdom of God, but to be born again. Your uncle was confused about this, and so your adopted brother said... Anyone who wishes to enter the kingdom of heaven must be baptized by the water and the Spirit. Your adopted brother was talking about the very water that poured over your heads. Your adopted brother was talking about the very Spirit that we talk about each week. Your uncle was amazed and perplexed about these things, but eventually your brother just came down right to the root of it. That the water and Spirit that's poured out freely... That the kingdom of heaven, that yes, has a gate, but is always open. This is about your father's love for you. The one who holds Jesus as his own begotten son, but who also holds you as a chosen son, as a chosen daughter. Your father loves you very much. And that's why your uncle Nicodemus and your brother Christ met that night to come to know and to understand that when your father washes you your father is caring for you that when your father bathes you your father knows you inside and out that when you are dried off that your father sends you on your way to be as he raised you to be The story of Nicodemus and Christ and God is not some far-off story, but it is your story. Our story. Your Father is the one who bathes you. Now and always. Your uncle is the one who questioned. And your brother is the one who loves. There's so many stories that are our stories. And through the rest of Lent, off of this building block of love, off of this story that tells us who we are, this family story, you and I, my brothers and sisters, we will come to know our father, will come to know our brother more fully. For those of you who have children or come through the communion line with children, you'll know the blessing that I give every time. For those who aren't about to receive. They never really tell pastors what to say. So the first time, and I forget who it was, when I was here at Trinity handing out communion, a child came up to me. I had to remember something very quickly. 
Remember your baptism. For God loves you very, very much. If there's one thing that this story should say, there's one thing that our family should know. It's remember your baptism. For God loves you very, very much. Thanks be to God for the stories that tell us who we are. For our uncle, for our father, and for our brother. And for brothers and sisters here. Amen.